there's two things that we uh, look for when we're doing shelf life. One flavor profile to make sure that it maintains throughout the ne- the three months that it's on the shelf and microbials, right? So microbials, you can't speed up, although we don't like to do that. I like to run our full shelf life at the lab. And then yes, every single week, Mandy and I do taste tests. The worst days are when I tell Mandy, not approved. Because then it starts she over. Get, yeah. When those dates come along, like early on with Fudge, yeah, we had that. And when it wasn't approved, it is discouraging. Guys, so everybody listening, here's the way around this. And this is what we've learned that's really fucked up. Because in flavor testing, you literally can If you want to know what a product tastes like after 90 days, guess what? You got to fucking wait 90 yep. days. Think about that. That's three fucking months. Yep. If you get it wrong and you got to start over again, you've lost three months. 100%. Just show just everything. Just show everything. Everything. And that's, that's what we the did. Key and word. so people everything. really started getting interested. They're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, people are like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? I'm Jake the Rover. My life goal is simple. WWE star called Mr. America. My name is Leslie Carls. My nickname is The Panda, and I run this ship. Nick, just Nick. Can I get a midday squares? We are live. It is the midday squares podcast. We are talking today about what it takes to launch a new flavor. As always, the show is entrepreneurship, family business, chocolate, and whatever fucks are on our mind. Also, we remind you all... If you want to send us in questions, because we love questions to answer on the show, it is middaysquares.com slash podcast questions. Middaysquares.com slash podcast questions. Ladies and gentlemen, what, Les, I've never seen you smile like this at a podcast. Are you excited? I, is it real I'm, excitement? I'm literally just wake. I'm waking up. <laughs> yeah, your eyes are blind. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm just waking up. It's Thursday. It's got those Thursday vibes where you wake up and you feel totally beat up, like as if a, a truck just hit you six, seven times. <laughs> so don't know if I could say I relate. Yeah, I can't relate to that. But, I but feel to fucking me, good. Woo! No, I I feel fucking fire. But I am so pumped for the weekend. Okay. Okay. I'm heading up north. I need the nature. I'm doing a lot of nature walks, and I'm really pumped. Why don't this, you use the I guess this is bike. getting cut. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you use the electric bike? No, no it's a bit sketch, the electric no, bike. fat wheels. <laughs> <laughs> My, <clears throat> one of the number one things I, I just don't understand is why your eyes become so puffy when you wake up. Allergies, babe. Is that what 100%. it is? 100%. No, no, I think for me it's not allergies because I get it year-round. Yeah, but allergies I'm are year-round. I'm exhausted or like... I don't know. My body's swollen, holding water. Last <laughs> night we had a lot of salt. She had salt. She had egg rolls. Egg rolls. <laughs> no, I didn't she have had egg, egg rolls with plum sauce, babe. Babe, that was your broad. <laughs> no, I didn't have. I didn't have. I <laughs> your broad. Spicy. So, no, it's funny because. <laughs> it wasn't spicy. That's what's <laughs> yeah, yeah. low about no, no, you it guys. Was, it was. It was. I like spicy, though. The key here is that Jake is a closet eater. So, I'm so jacked, Jake, man. No, no, I'm no, jacked. No. Jake has this thing where he's constantly. Going out and attacking people for uh, <laughs> eating, you know, gluttonous snacks, but not yet, in a bad way. Though. No, not, not in a bad, a bad way, way. Not in a bad way at all. Zero. Like the challah. Yeah. Yeah. This like nice bread, you know. But what I he all what he does is he attacks you, even though you're nowhere near the food, and then the next day it's gone, 
Yeah. And he was the one who hated it. But, but I need to say where it comes from. There's an inspiration. So, <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's crazy. And shout out to this person. Daniel Gross is a friend of mine that lives in Toronto. And he would come to my house. We'd be watching sports. And everyone would eat the buffet. We'd have my mom would prepare this great buffet of food. And Daniel Gross wouldn't eat it. He would stand around <laughs> watching everyone. And then we'd all go back once the intermission was done. And we'd sit, and he'd be disappearing. He'd be like, I go to the bathroom. But he'd be taking plates, but going in the cupboard to get nibs, challah bread, bagelettes, all this shit, and then come back with no plate. And he became that closet eater. He is known as the closet eater. <laughs> and I get motivated by that because you disappear like Houdini, and no one knows. But Babe, the I've been doing that since 1995, okay? <laughs> I'm the OG closet eater, no, no, no. okay? No, no, you're public about it. Um, <laughs> Anyways, let's get this shit on the road. Wait, wait, before we do, you mentioned a name, Daniel. Is this the triplets from Toronto? Yes, the leather jacket, babe. Um, I still, so there's, Jake has this crew of friends that are triplets. They all fucking look the same. I, it's, it's been two years now that I've longer, longer, babe. three, three years, years that I've known them. I still can't fucking figure out who's who. And you've slept on their couches. Slept, and yeah. It's, it's, it's a wax. Shout out grosses for being fucking legends, legends and Mr. identical Steckle. triplets. Wow, what a week we just came off of. Let's say what a, what a ten, the last ten days. I was who longer. I honestly, at some point, I felt like this flavor was never going to launch. Is, oh, I anyone, thought that. Yeah, yeah. I, you guys are so funny. No, eh? no. I just didn't even bother asking because I was like, hey, whatever will come when it comes, and then you know we, we were supposed to launch when June, May. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. But at, at one point, I was just like, you know what? This flavor. We're a two skew company. We're never launching another flavor. Uh, oh no, I put trust in her to launch the flavor. Joke, yeah. You know, but. But, but but like guys, I'd like you to go to like a craft cheese or somewhere, craft cheese. okay, and just ask craft. them how long it takes to launch a flavor let me let me can i let just me, ask you a question let me though? just throw something at before you, you go could i ask you a question no i out, uh, of, out of all the things you could have talked about why craft cheese because you saw the sign coming here is that why no i just always reference craft cheese great company okay but i have to say i started development for this flavor last november okay and it launched july that's less than a year boys okay less than a year all right, and and let's talk a little bit about the launch of a flavor, right? What goes into it? No, let's start there. Let's let's kind of bring the audience up to speed on what happens when mm. you're starting, because we're we're starting with our next flavor right now. You know, oh, don't tell anyone. Well, I'm not gonna tell them what it is. And we just got over this flavor. Let's not get into the next one. You know, let's we're keep not going. Over it don't yet, worry, we're far yeah. from yeah. launching the next flavor. Ooh. No, I think ooh, ooh. I think I think it's super important to talk about this because people have this insane misconception that like launching a flavor a is an easy thing yeah. not even close to the thing and i do agree so i remember um our homies at hollows which does like breakfast kits in the morning and stuff called me uh two weeks ago uh, or a week ago and they're like yo how do you guys put out flavors so quickly and i'm just like dude quickly it's been a fucking year since we launched the last flavor like this is not quick at all but to your point, like, yeah, it is quick. It is like other quick. people, it's very quick. But like to me, it's like not even close. To I know quick. why there's a misconception. I just realized light bulb. Other industries could launch products a lot faster. And that's exactly. a snap of a finger. So when you see these new products on Instagram or social media, like right away, companies are releasing T-shirts, this, that. You think like, oh, every industry should be as fast as that. So food is a completely different ballgame because you're consuming it. 
and there's taste, textures, everything that has to do with it, well, slash macros. Well, just too. shelf life testing, for example, depending on how long you claim that your product can live on the shelf or the fridge, um, is how long you actually have to just let it sit and, and test. So right? I, I do want to talk about that piece, but I feel like it comes in a little bit later. Because that's a, that's a super interesting piece. Yeah, no, exactly. Before you say, the only other industry that I think has um, long-term, uh, if to wait long-term, is, is we're seeing it live right now in, in the world. Uh, a vaccine. It takes tremendous amounts of testing to get it out there. So food is obviously not as as you know dangerous in the sense of that, but it, is it takes long. It is a consumable. It's a yeah, consumable. It's definitely They're putting in your body. Yeah. I do want to say one thing though before we go. Uh, we are getting ready to launch a new line of uh, Hawaiian t-shirts stained by coffee, and so our. No, something happened this morning and it bothers me. I was reading my book outside and I was holding the coffee in one hand. There was a bug on the on the book and I blew to, I didn't want to kill the bug, so I blew it, but I blew in the coffee and it sparked back in my face. Um, luckily, it was lukewarm, but, but I just I in the shirt. I think, man, if they're able to sell pre-dirtied shoes. It'd wild. It'd be wild. This we I, could sell coffee-stained t-shirts. Well, you know no? people are dirty in this world like me? Like, don't shower, don't give a shit about cl- clean clothes, like, there are a lot. Grelnick. I have so many friends alone that are that wear dirty clothes. So I think we can make a line one day. Not now, but one day with the Can we the all dirty talk shirts. about quickly Here. though? Was anybody else in this room shocked when that when that company released pre dirty shoes? No. It was a fashion trend at one point. That I wasn't shocked. Was I not alive at that time? No, no. Ash, Ash, the company Ash. It it just happened two years ago. You people were buying Uh, no, it was like more like seven years ago. Just Jake, I want to set the stage. (laughs) Think about how whack this is. People were paying hundreds of dollars for pre-dirty shoes. You would buy your shoes pre-dirty. But I actually like dirtier shoes. I know. Your mom does too. Our our mother-in-law and their mother, Felicia, loves dirty shoes. She she works with us here. Back to the paid programming for today. Uh, but we will have Jacques' dirty coffee uh, t-shirt up for sale on the website. (laughs) Mark our words. We're going to get that done. Um, Okay. So... Les, you're the madrina, the fucking AKA angel of food development, AKA the panda who makes food. Tell us, where do you even fucking start? So, okay. The first thing is understanding what our customers, what our guests want. Mm. And so you guys um, know when we post a... um, uh, 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 survey survey up on Instagram we throw down some of the flavors that we believe are the most sought after on the market and then from there we you know tally everything up and we're like okay this makes sense and so that's kind of what happened right with, with but we did multiple of them we did a lot it wasn't just one it was like eight or ten of those yeah yeah we do a lot and then you know we tally everything up and then obviously we need to make sure that it's something that the three of us like and approve and obviously Jake can't eat everything but Nick and I. <laughs> By the way, it's disgusting. Like no one talks about it. It's like the worst thing. And someone reached out to me, my ex of an ex and ex last yesterday, saying to me, "I feel so bad for you." And I was like, "That's the first thing you're saying in six years." You're like, now not allergic to almonds or peanuts. I'm so. waiting for the bloods. Thanks. Okay. After the bloods, we'll, we'll, we'll have, go from we'll there. Have a different so side story, because not everybody knows this. Jake finally went and got tested for a nut allergy and tree nuts and all that jazz, and <laughs> it turns out. That I outgrew two of the things, peanuts and almonds. But to guarantee it, you need a blood test. So I did the prick and now I'm doing the bloods and science will prove what we need to be proven. If you were in the studio, um, we're going to use the word outgrow in between quotation marks. Oh, I can't. So Jake, 
outgrew in quotation marks his nut allergy and yeah so we're excited to have you back jake well hopefully the back blood's come back, back. back hopefully back. the blood's back back is bad okay continue leslie carls so so exactly so once we identify the flavor that we want to um start developing we go for it we wanted to achieve a profile of a popular brand on the market and that's how we identified the flavor that we were trying to go after and so once we identify that then we have to understand understand okay what are the natural products available to us that we can start using to formulate this product right and so we have a stage of just theoretical recipes so we go um, online we reach out to all of our suppliers we get all their ingredient lists and this is like one of my favorite parts is discovering what's actually out there because that's the, I think, not one of the difficult parts. I guess it's all difficult to develop something that tastes really good when you're putting a lot of different plant-based proteins and trying to achieve certain macros, the macros that we have. But Could I, this is the part we got to talk about because this is the part that the entire world is, is out to lunch on is macros. Yeah, let, let's get there. Let's yeah. So let's, let us let me bring my thought okay. for a circle and then I agree. Macros is a huge thing that people, there's a misconception. Huge misconception, huge misconception. Yeah. So essentially, once we start um, figuring out exactly what we want to try and what theoretical recipes we want to, you know, go in the lab and do, we start ordering different ingredients from all over the world. And that's really cool. It's when they come in, we're always super excited. We're trying them. And we've tried some pretty wild stuff. Um, I'm not going to mention what those things are, but like the more research you put into these things and the more time you spend sourcing and going down these rabbit holes that Nick has taught Mandy, um, who's head of R&D, to, to go down, you really start discovering cool things that no one really knows exists. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, in our in our peanut butter bar, we have a byproduct of artichoke. Yep. Like, who would have ever thought that we would have a by? Think about that. There is a byproduct of artichoke in the peanut butter flavor. Yep. So here's the thing: is like we've had so many people come through the uh, I call it the studio. I like calling it the studio because it's like the food studio. You know, like you know, lab people show up, <laughs> make some music, lab, and. Um, and everybody comes in and and they come in confident, eh? like cocky, hot, like product developers that we've spoken to. They're like, yeah, 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 I'm going to get in here. I'm going to make something fucking sick. And they do make something sick. And then there's always this moment that happens where you're like, okay, we're going to put it through the uh, macro tester now. Let's go see what it actually is. <laughs> and and so you you have this recipe that tasted fucking delicious. And then you put it through this calculator that spits out how many calories, how much sugar, how much protein. Fat, fiber. <laughs> the number one thing that always happens on a first recipe is there's like 34 grams of sugar. You know, you're like, yeah, no fucking kidding. It tastes incredible. There's 34 grams of sugar yeah, in this per, fucking Per thing. square. Per, per square, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so the hard product, the hard part of the development, especially when you're in what we're trying to do at Midday Squares, which is make, you know, products that, that have function products that are better for you products that um don't use the worldwide cheek hat that's been available cheek cheek i can't speak the cheat hack that's been available for years which is just throw sugar in to make anything when you can't do that things become a little bit more difficult well, a lot well what's really hard is we're attacking the confectionery market but also attacking the market that's full of the macros and the nutritional benefits so it's like we're grabbing both sides trying to do it with a select natural amount of ingredients right because if we were to go to the confectionery market they use all kinds of 
goodies and and surprises and sugars and stuff like that and the other market uses just artificial stuff so it's like how do you win both but be in the middle you know yeah i think exactly that's why the the theoretical recipes and developing um different recipes and trying different things and trying to achieve our macros um and also trying to avoid which we don't avoiding sorry we not trying we avoid Mm -hmm. natural flavors Mm -hmm. and artificial flavors and and anything of that sort or anything that you can't pronounce or that's not healthy for you is really challenging it really is and it comes down every single time if you change one thing then then your protein falls if you change something else your fiber falls if you add something your sugar goes up and so um, that's the longest part but once we actually identify the recipe um, that's that's the exciting part so once we identify the recipe everyone's like oh it's so good it's so good but from that you still probably go down another hundred trials okay from your base so you you end up it probably takes you about 50 trials to the to that get that one once you get that one trial you're like this is the one we're gonna go to market with then it starts the iterations mm. then it starts perfecting it so a lot of people have tried our day one peanut when we nailed the recipe like oh it's so good but then when they try the final product they're like whoa and And that's and that's what we're looking for we're looking for whoa not this is great we're looking for whoa all the time the word to describe the new flavor the most used word right now from social media is it's insane (laughs) so if you know albert einstein's definition of that it's pretty cool And, and and so the other thing is right um is supply chain. So once you have the rest, can I yeah? Can I say something before supply chain? I yeah. think that's super important. Is nobody realizes, and I've actually had this conversation with a lot of my friends. The hugest misconception we had going into peanut was that peanut butter was going to solve a lot of the problems that we wanted, and that was the furthest thing from the truth. Like peanut butter and chocolate tastes like a certain profile that we're talking about, but it really doesn't. Like when you just take peanut butter and chocolate and and then compare it next to what we wanted to bring to market, it doesn't taste that way. And I remember us like having that moment at the beginning where we were like, oh wow, this this doesn't taste at all like what we want. And remember when you brought in the first trial, which was was, was really just peanut butter because we were just trying to get our, our footing on it. And it was like, this just tastes like peanut butter and chocolate. Mm-hmm. And the shitty part about something that's just peanut butter and chocolate is like our our guests that are already buying fudgia could have got that experience by just buying fudgia and slapping peanut butter mm-hmm. on top of it. And that's not what we wanted to do. And so like that, I, I found that fascinating that just peanut butter and chocolate didn't achieve what we wanted to achieve. Yeah, no, exactly. And then there's those those little secrets that I'm not going to um, div- divulge. divulge. Thank you very much, sir. Divulge on the show, which is when Nick comes in. So Nick is a, a big, again, I mentioned rabbit hole earlier, goes down these rabbit holes of, of these um, searches online. And one day he came to me and, and he told me a little secret. And that secret, which I'm not going to announce on the show, uh, I brought down to R&D, we implemented it on the recipe trial, and it was magical. What did it, was, did that come from my rabbit hole? Yes, it did. I don't even remember It did that. come from your rabbit hole. Wow. Same like the sorghum flakes. <laughs> and so so that, that was really special. But I did want to say, so once you actually finalize um, the recipe, then comes the another very challenging uh, component to launching the flavor, which is finding the right suppliers. I cannot tell you guys how long it took us to match the peanut butter we wanted to match. 
months and months of sourcing, okay, um, from figuring out the exact consistency of how the nut is 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 processed to the flavor of the nut to the roasting, all different components, okay, that really um, affect the flavor profile. And so we went, supply chain, I think, for this flavor took the most. Development was ready, I would say, in January. And from January till May, we were... Working on supply chain. Working on supply chain and shelf life. Jake and I talk about this a lot, which is how important your supply chain is to your your competitive moat. Like, before we went into the food business, I don't think I realized that aspect. Like, all chocolate is not made the same. All peanut butter is not made the same. Not even close. Um, and and to the point where people could literally have your recipe in front of them and not be able to reproduce your product if they don't understand the flavor notes of your supply chain and where it's coming from. Yeah. Um, that's something that's been like completely uh, my fucking bl- brain has exploded because I'm like, oh, wow. Supply chain is a competitive mode because like even if you knew the recipes for certain stuff and didn't have the products that we use, it's like it's very complicated in getting to the flavor profile that you're looking for. Jacques, take me through what it's been like in a company. Because I really I think this is super important. We we talked about it the other day. Um, where were we when we talked about like how hard it's been actually not being able to try shit as we develop it? Ah, uh, it was. It was, we, in the, was it in the office? Or I don't know. It, we had a pretty in depth house. Was yeah, it on the driveway. Yeah, on the driveway. Yeah, it was chair, on the driveway. Chair, like front, you know, something big that I like to talk about is the in in the past, the past century, homes used to have front porches. Okay, they used to have front porches, and the reason why they had front porches was so that the community can interact with each other. It wasn't about the backyard. Sorry for this off point, but it's so important to note that we as a company. All of us embrace this factor of having things in the front of the house oh, because we can communicate with community. Say hi, wave, because that is real community. And we apply that to our business too. Yeah. So why not apply it to our personal life? So sorry that we were in the driveway, which is in the front of the Magic house. Magic happens in yeah. the front driveway. Sorry for that, but I have to. No, there's nothing to be sorry about. Okay, go ahead. Well, t- tell us about it. How's it been, man? You, you, Horrible. You, 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 Horrible, horrible. That's the word. I speak with my therapist. I, I see Jim, Jim, James Gavin um, alone um, a lot lately. And um, no, because I'm, I'm working on myself, so that's a good thing. But, you know, I've talked to him about this specifically on my girlfriend and all these people that, you know, around me that aren't part of the business itself because, you know, people that are part of the business are, they're experiencing it in a different eye, a different eye view than I am. So, you know, it's hard to watch everyone have fun and, and be part of that 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 journey of, you know, exploring what, what we're going to do next, what's the next big thing. You know, everyone's laughing, smiling. Oh, my God. I see people eating the peanut butter in our office every single day, you know, as a snack. And I'm just like, yo, like, I don't know what's going on. And I read everything from the customers, from feedback, criticism, suggestions. And it's like, yeah, I'm blinded. I, I, I just go with the flow and like I have to accept that. I have no choice but to accept the reality of what it is in my life and, and just suck it up. And I hate sucking things up in life because it embottles in your system and then you, you build up this like, not anger, but like this like- Frustration. Frustration man. is the word. And I just, I'm so frustrated to the point where like I want to, I feel like I'm part of this big journey but I'm not part of the journey of flavor development or, you know, products, or I don't have any say in it, particularly zero, actually, because I don't even know what you guys are talking about. It's like it's a foreign language for me, and it's very sad, you know, being part of something. And like I said, my ex-ex-ex reached out to me yesterday and was like, 
sorry, I find it funny that you've never even tried two to three of your products. And she's like, it's mind blowing. And so like, then it hit me, it triggered me again yesterday. And it's like, well, you're right. It is fucking mind blowing. Thank you. XXX for putting Jake on tilt last night. I appreciate that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, but sucks. But I think at the end of the day, when I when I think about it, 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 it is. And, and everybody that's fucking listening to the show, let's send good energy to Jake's blood's results because if those do come back, we can finally start Celebrating. working his way towards getting to try the product. But first product, okay. Second product, okay. Third product, you got to trust the team now. No, we also, put, okay, we put out fire. That. Yeah, so I forgot to mention that. So yeah, so I what's keeping me sane, I think, during the time of not being able to try everything is knowing that I could trust the team to develop good products. and Not and, just good. Sorry, wow products. Fucking insane wow. Insane products. And I think that, I don't know, it's like no one will understand that. The only other people that are going through this will understand how I feel. And I haven't found someone that's going through this where I can discuss this outlet with. And it's been hard. And it, it definitely has a subconscious effect on um, self-esteem and confidence in business because it's like, okay, I'm a lot of the time selling things to consumers like directly, uh, sorry, guests of ours. And it's like, I don't even know what I'm saying. You know, but at the end of the day, because I have so much trust in the entity and the reviews and the reviews, I'm able to to voice my my opinion on behalf of the whole crew here. And, you know, like it makes me happy to read all the great stuff about it. But at the same time, it's like I'm waiting for my day to shine on on that moment where I could try and be like, holy fuck. That's it. Let's fucking go. We're waiting for Jake's day to shine. Three weeks. Make Jake great again. Okay, (laughs) so so, um, the cost. Yeah, so that's costing. another fucked up thing that people. So already product development's hard enough. You have nutrients, macros, this, that. Bam, cost now. Yeah, I mean, cost. We have to. Nick gives us uh, a dollar amount that we can't go over, and then we have to go make that possible. And so you know, with being an organic product, having all kinds of natural products, some of the most expensive products, I mean, Almond Crunch, almonds, nut butters, um, you guys know when you buy this stuff at the grocery store, it's expensive, right? So it's the same for supply chain. When you're buying mass amounts, it's still expensive because these are products that naturally are not cheap. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I don't like that word cheap, but they're not inexpensive, you know? They're, They're quality products and they the, the quality products come with a heavy price and then we have the whole aspect of that we're just learning what our guests want don't want what they care about um that's another point we get asked a lot about like what's going on with cost structure so i have an interesting question to ask both of you about Shoot. this cost stuff um do you think that price is determined by the cost of the raw materials or by the value you're offering um i so i would say I'm going to use the word consumers now. Consumers think, so it's, it's, it actually comes in, there's a lot of psychology behind this. Crazy question. Yeah, yeah, no, there's a lot of psychology behind this that's been studied actually. So consumers think that they are able to pay for quality. But this is what happens all the time. In an isolated situation, a consumer is capable of paying for quality. But then they go into a grocery store and you're next to other items. This is where consumers, their psych, literally the brain has been studied, are incapable in the moment of making a rational decision on quality and price. Mm. And so they come into an environment, I'm going to set the stage, they're looking at the shelves, they see 
199. If the 199 looks close enough to the 499, it's very hard in that moment for a homo sapien to rationalize where quality is worth paying over those two bucks. And so they think that they can, but then they go in and like every animal on the planet, all of your predisposed um, psyches of your brain start to kick in. And all of a sudden, um, that Yakon syrup that we have in our bar that's $26 a kilo doesn't really mean much because you're like, eh, I'm okay with this thing on the right side. Yeah, but my question was, as a company in Midday Squares, we're pricing not according to raw materials necessarily, according to the value that we're trying to offer to our consumers, uh, to our guests. And I think, I think they go hand in hand because if you're sourcing the best of the best ingredients, you know, that, yeah, your your price is based off of what your raw materials are and your costs are, right? So that's, the quality is there. But right? you're selling the quality. Yeah, I mean, Which our is the goal, added value. Yeah, our goal is to give people clean products, right? That have function to them, you know, and that's what we do. So clean and function is the yeah, added value. Yeah, obviously when you're talking about like, you know, erythrol compared to, you know, coconut sugar or whatever, even though they're diff- there's different functions, there's the price is completely different. Just to give you an idea, uh, if we're talking yeah. on price, just to see how much it sways, um, our organic syrup versus another organic syrup that I'm thinking of, uh, the cost structure is $26 to $3. Huge difference. Huge. That being said, what we're trying to do is I believe we're delivering a superior product on, on that's on, sorry, I believe we're developing a superior product for the market. Where I get insecure is when our customers message us, our guests actually message us and ask us, um, why uh, is it are, so expensive? Why, when can we get a cheaper product? Less expensive. Less expensive product. Yeah. It so, makes me a bit so insecure. Then it, so then it's our duty, then it's our duty as a team to relate that message to them that you know the quality is why we're priced the way we're priced because maybe that consumer, like you said, is seeing it next to that $1.99 or $1.59 and the psychology just gets mind-boggled and when they're online and there's no other you know ball game next to you, it's an easier decision because oh, yeah. you agree with the messaging and you, you believe it. And then you see something else. I agree. It's when I used to buy hockey sticks, I used to see one hockey stick at $399, yep. $299 and the other one at $99. And I'd be like, I got to take the $99 one. Yeah. Like what am I really getting different? But then I started in my head, I started telling myself, no, it's not going to break. It's, you know, it's totally fine. I mean, I don't need the graphite, but before I came in hot coming for that, you know, yeah. so like, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a fuck up. It's a mind fuck. No, but, but at the end of the day, man, it's, it is, a, it is a very hard piece to the puzzle and all you uh, entrepreneurs going out there, you're going to see price structure is one of the most important things um, that you're going to come across. What I would say is education is very expensive always remember that to educate people is yeah. very customer consumers is very expensive it is the most expensive thing you lot of ever embark dollars. on um so be wary of that that being said uh i think we have a really good game plan and we're listening to our guests and we're going to find a happy medium and to go back to the point is uh midday squares is still trying to figure out its way to building a business that has sustainable um uh, growth built into it. You know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of cost that needs to be covered, but that is not your problem. That's our problem. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to talk about that in the essence of what it takes to develop a product. So remember, we're at step one, you got to even come up with what the hell are you bringing to market? Um, we think that 
it's the most important to listen to your market. That being said, Steve Jobs always said, you know, our customers don't know what they want yet. And I do agree with that. Even Bezos and what I sent you guys the other day talks mm, about that great. invent for your invent for your customers, but you also have to give them what they want. So you have to have a fine amount of invention with giving them what you want. So you have your flavor. Once your flavor is developed, you got to come up with a fucking recipe and you got to make sure that those recipes have marketable macros, macro nutrition, because unlike restaurants or cooking at home, you have this fucking thing called a label that's going to follow you around forever. And you're I gonna- still find it mind boggling that alcohol is doesn't have to put a nutritional label on their bottle. Regulations. Babe. I know, but that fucks with me. After prohibition hey, in 1933, that, they that fired that those engines up. That really bothers me, okay? That there's no nutritional label on the back of a booze bottle. It, it, you want to lobby for it? Maybe one day. Ooh. Right now, I'm just lobbying. Relax. To, we lo- might have some people buying our product that hey, are part of that company. Right now, I'm just lob- lobbying. For food. No, to get my, my new hanging lights that I put on my balcony. Oh, I can't. I can't say because I just received letters saying that I have to remove them, and haters I'm not gonna have hate. haters. Hate haters is gonna, gonna hate. hate. Oh, it's it's. Don't it's get a, to start. That's another. All topic. I want is some light on my balcony. Is it's such a just crime. good energy? You, just want you good know, energy. just good vibes. And then once those macros are figured out, you need to get your cost structure in place. And let me tell you, usually. Uh, well, no, no. Supply chain first. Supply chain first, which is wow. part of the cost structure. Listen, at the end of the day, I think the number one correlation we've seen since starting the business is better for you ingredients equal more expensive, more expensive. Always. And so it's going to be more difficult, baby. Uh, but we can change that as consumers by increasing the demand. Demand mm-hmm. lowers price. If the human planet starts to buy only better for you foods, you'll have a lower price point. Yeah. Well, that's economics, but you know, we'll see. It is that years simple. away from that. And then, Toots, where are we at on the product development scale? Where are we at? Yeah. So I brought I brought our I brought our listener base all the way to the end of product development. Yeah. There's still stuff to go. Well, so once you develop the product, right, then you got to come up with the brand. The no, branding. shelf life testing. Oh, babe. sorry. Yes, sorry. It's still. It's. I told you it's Thursday. Hit with ten track. Yeah, but th- th- this is the pe- <laughs> This is the part that fuck people okay, up the most me, when I tell me. them. A hundred percent, guys. We're in food. Back to food. Food safety. Okay. Um, You got to make sure that your product is safe to sell. And so shelf life testing needs to happen as soon as possible because our shelf life is 90 days, three months. So we actually need to test for four months, so 120 days. So we need to make sure before we launch this product that the product is at the lab, okay, where we we outsource that, we send it out for 120 days. Every few weeks I get results, right? And I can see the microbials, the pH, anything that, you know, right away I I look at them, if, if there's anything that rings the alarms, we have to go back and assess why. Now. When you're sending your product for shelf life, it's very important that you can contr- that you control all variables, okay? We have a raw product, okay? So there's no kill step. And so you need to be- Tell, tell the, the listeners what kill step means. Kill step, so when you bake something, you reach extremely high temperatures, or when you freeze something, you reach extremely low temperatures, and that kills any microbial or any bacteria that has surfaced on the product, mm-hmm. okay? bacteria can come from me, you know, taking my glove, touching the the stainless steel table and then touching the product, right? So at Midday Squares, yes, we're not dairy, we're not meat, but we are not cooked and we're not frozen. So we have to be extremely careful. 
I do want to just bring one part up on frozen. It's not regular freezing that kills bacteria. It's high pressure frozen You're right. blast. It's called H, uh, HPP. Yeah, HPP. Oh, yeah. yeah, I hear that word a lot. Yeah. So, so what we have to do is be extra careful when we're setting the product. In, in general, when we are manufacturing, our GMPs and our process- GMP ha- is good manufacturing practice. Exactly. So have to be extremely high. So people are constantly changing their gloves, the way we have to sanitize things, the way we have to manufacture, we have to be extremely careful because the product's raw. So when we send it to the lab, all variables have to be in place. So um, because- that's the product you're you're basing your results off of, right? Yeah. Do you want to say something? I do. Okay. I do because I want I want to get to a certain point on the the piece that's the most fucked up that I think people really don't understand is you can't speed up shelf life testing. Microbial loads, which is your bacteria levels, could be sped up in a lab. But flavor cannot. Exactly. I mm. mean, for, for there's two things that we uh, look for when we're doing shelf life. One flavor profile to make sure that it maintains throughout the, ne- the three months that it's on the shelf. And microbials, right? So microbials, you can't speed up, although we don't like to do that. I like to run our full shelf life at the lab. And then, yes, every single week, Mandy and I do taste tests when we're launching a product. So for the four months... Every week I get a notification in my calendar. She comes to my desk with a saltine cracker, the product cut up into four little pieces um, with uh, different variables on the plate, and I have to do a taste test. After that, I either approve or I don't approve. Why a saltine cracker? So a saltine actually neutralizes the palate. So anything that I might have had before, if I had a coffee or anything, that will change my experience with the flavor. So I neutralize the palate first, and then I try the product. The worst days... Or when I tell Mandy, not approved. Because then it starts she over. Get, yeah. When those dates come along, like early on with Fudge, yeah, we had that. And when it wasn't approved, it is discouraging. Guys, so everybody listening, here's the way around this. And this is what we've learned that's really fucked up. Because in flavor testing, you literally can't. If you want to know what a product tastes like after 90 days, guess what? You got to fucking wait 90 yep. days. Think about that. That's three fucking months. Yep. If you get it wrong and you got to start over again, you've lost three months. hundred percent. So what you need to do is make a few guesses before you go into the trial period and make your best possible guesses because you're hoping that one of your creations succeed. Um, and so this way you don't, you don't waste time. It is so important that you start thinking in that because if you go with your one best and just try to hit it, the truth is, though, when you're at the level of shelf life testing, you're pretty sure. Like, yes, you can have options, but it's not 100% necessary. Like, already you're in months and months and months of, of development. So when you're hitting that shelf life, that's because you're ready. You, you're, you're pretty much ready. There's a very low chance that, you, that it's not going to be approved. <laughs> it happens, but there's a low chance. And I guess with experience, ex- experience, you get better and better. And then the final piece to the puzzle. Branding, right? So developing a packaging, developing the colorways of the packaging. I'm not even going to get into what happened with Busta Peanut oh, with no. the packaging no, today. No, not this topic. No. <laughs> Jay, Jake, no. Jake's disgusted. No, it's just like, whatever. <laughs> no, no, As no. David Simmons said, we have no... You have Can no, you talk in the mic, please? We have no... 
Um, uh, Kahunis. Kahoons. Yeah, he gave it to us. Wait, he no, we have no money? No, babe. Uh, Kahunas. Babe, 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 balls? Cool. Yeah, babe. Whoa. What, oh. is, ba- is balls not, are we not allowed to say the word balls? Whoa, <laughs> we might have to bleep that out. I don't think no, so. No, I'm joking. Okay, I'm joking. but guys. Which is fine. I think we should come out with what we did. In time, in time. Not yet, not, not yet. yet. Give it like a couple months. Yeah, everybody. It's suspenseful, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. There's something we'll release in the future, but there was uh, people, a lot of people involved. There was a in the last sixty days, things happened. Midday squares. Nick, Jake, and I got super excited. We it's, activated on and something. Someone smoked us. <laughs> and somebody smoked us, and then we had to. <laughs> a special person smoked Shout us. Grease. Shout, Shout out, out Grease. Grease. We Mr. love you, Mr. Grease. You need that because Daniel Grell ruined each one of our days that day, and. We we were in the um, country, I remember, yeah, and I got it. that text, and I was like, no. He was such bad vibes. Daniel Grelnick, Jake's best friend, company confidant. Yeah. We call him the consigliere. He's Greece. He's Greece. He's he's our unofficial lawyer. <laughs> unofficial. He's actually been with us since day one yeah. with it. Yeah, unofficial lawyer. <laughs> Ruined we love everything. You. Ruined everything. We will come out with this story, though, so don't feel like you're sitting there listening and, and you're in the dark. We will come out with this story. We it's promise a great story. you that. So once you do the branding component, building out the package, building out the, you're, you know. You're, you're ready to launch. You're ready to launch. I mean, then you got to come up with a marketing plan, right? Yeah, that's um, a whole other game. That's a whole too. other story. Yeah, we're going to, we're actually, we've decided that we are going to bring the Think Tank on the podcast. The Think Tank is all of Leslie's people. Um, that work on her team to bring ideas to life. People, it's just Allie and I. Yeah, Jake will be a moderator. No, no. <laughs> but by the way, I, I feel like there's shade, man. Like, yeah, there's marketing, but like, man, like you, the inflow after is insane to deal with. And Jordan <laughs> Shell's in the room right now, and she's the only one that could attest to this because she watches me do it. So can you please just give Newman, me a, she gave me a thumbs up because she knows Shell. no she knows but She's, Newman too deals with the influx yeah, on the Instagram she gets carpet tunnel it's her and I no but 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 you and I don't get enough recognition by the way and and, and let's make that clear so Newman I'm gonna snap to you right now because you know you're a big part of that launch too making sure that the the external takes care of it so oh, I, I'm to gonna you. say I'm the least. I'm the least in, in, in any launch. I am the least useful to this no, team. No, but you you're guys, part of the begin the the pre. Yeah, I Look, guess guys, I'm in there a little takes, bit. It takes it takes a team, a village to launch something. Whether a whole it's entity. getting everything on the website, whether it's getting everything prepped yeah. for re- retail, getting uh, our our UPCs, getting our product approved, uh, g- having customer care, make sure that all of our customers are up to speed, dealing with them, like you said, after we launch, oh. from marketing to R and D to manufacturing to people shipping the product. I to mean, it operations. takes a village. It takes a village. It's well, the whole entity. It's the whole entity. We got we got questions yeah. that came in here. Well, we got to run. Yeah, we got to run. We, we have do a therapy ha- session. We we do have to run. We will bring this up. Everybody that's sending questions, uh, we love you. We're gonna bring them up on the next show. We'll even touch a, a touch a little bit of base because this was a big big launch for the company. But now that we just talked about it in a podcast segment, uh, the fact that we did it in less than a year is actually pretty fucking epic. So fucking snaps to everybody in this room. Snaps to the Midday Squares team. Snaps to Crew Love out there for supporting us and making the launch as fucking epic as it was. We sold forty thousand bars in three fucking days. Like, Ooh. I mean. It, to, if you would have asked me two years ago if that was possible, that would have been fucking crazy. Everybody, we love you. I uh, hope this was a information drop on how to get a product out there and the things to think about. On that note, we are going into our therapy session with Jim James Gavin. <laughs> 
and ole, 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 midday squares podcast uncensored that is a wrap we will see you next week